Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. Well, there's a change in the weather. There's a change in the sea. From now on, there'll be a change in me. My walk will be different. My talk and my name. Nothing about me is gonna be the same. National Homeless Persons Week is August 1 to 7. Have a listen to Min, his story. Min is Vietnamese, who was born with polio, lived in foster homes and eventually homeless. And someone stopped him as he went to jump in front of a train one day. Yet life had been going so well for him. He even had a job and bought a block of land. So what happened? Here's Min's story. I came to Australia in 1975 as a refugee orphan. At the end of the Vietnam War, um, the Americans sort of um, evacuated all the orphanages. From Saigon, um, they put all of us kids on a, a big American Hercules. There, there were three Hercules. Uh, we flew to um, Quam, big American air base. When they put us on the plane, they were strapping us on the floor because you know, the, the uh, um, American army plane, they didn't have seats, so they strapped everybody on the floor and they had... Um, kids in boxes and things like that, you know, it was like, you know, and on the way to Quam, one plane got either got shot down or, or crashed and two got away and um, when we got to Quam, they put us on like a commercial flight and from there, one plane flew to America and the other plane came to Australia and then um, when we all arrived here in Australia, they put us uh, in a, a um, an orphanage place and we were there for probably about two or three months and then some of us kids got adopted and got fostered and I had many um, different foster families uh, but there was one particular family that um, fostered me from 1975 to 1979 and I was brought up uh, in a little country town called Cargo just outside of Orange and for whatever reason um, whether it's financial or you know I, I, I don't know exactly why they did it but my foster parents uh, returned me to um, Sydney in 1979 when I was about, I think, 13. I, I remember the day when I came out from school, you know, um, there was like a, um, a caseworker, you know, um, with my bag packed and everything. You know, I, I don't know why they did that. For me, it's, it, it felt like it was like a renting a child kind of thing because they took me away for four years and I got attached and became a family kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, for some whatever reason, they um, decided to uh, return me back to Sydney and... Um, and for me, that was another form of rejection. The only Asian boy in the country town and at the primary school. I think from then onward, I um, never wanted to get too attached to anybody because of, because of that reason, uh, rejection. Um, that's probably one reason why I'm not any, um, in a, any kind of relationship because I don't want to be rejected. You know, because um, I've been rejected so much through my life. But life picked up in Sydney. He got a job and bought a block of land. I wanted to have something to show for, so I got myself into a property investment and then um, with uh, a friend. And the problem was that um, when he decided to pull out, I had to borrow on top of what I already owed to the bank to buy him out kind of thing. And then when we had the financial global crisis and I think end of 2008 uh, was very was very hard I was struggling that's when I technically become homeless um, I lost everything the bank took over what so you lost your block of land and ended up sleeping at work yeah no what happened was because um, I was there for a few years so I was, sort of knew how the complex runs and I, although I had 24-hour access to as well and um, what I used to do is I used to um, come into work at 7.30 in the morning 
and then I used to um, try and work, stay back late, and then sort of pretend I'm going home. But really, really, I didn't go home. I sort of just roam around the CBD until probably about nine o'clock at night, and then I come back to the building. And all I did was just go back, sleep, and then I used to set the alarm to get up like three o'clock in the morning before the cleaners come, and I used to, to use the shower to get get ready, and then leave the complex before they come, and then come back to the office at seven thirty again, and then. Lunchtime was, you know, I try and catch up on my sleep. I did that for for about two or three months, and it was really mentally and physically was tiring. I mean, I, I didn't know there was agency out there that can help you. How did they find out you were there? One of my female colleagues sent me an email uh, relating to work, and I reply like one o'clock in the morning, not realizing. And yeah, I, I reply, and then one, once I press the send button, then I realize, oh my god, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning. Sure enough, the next day when she came in. She read the email and saw the time frame and she pretty much said to, to me, oh, can you come into chamber? I need to speak to you about something straight away I knew. So I pretty much said straight out to her, look, this is my situation. And um, she was very compassionate about it and I couldn't, be, you know, I couldn't believe that she, she actually broke down in tears. And um, turns out her husband had something to do with the Salvation Army. Why didn't you rent somewhere? I didn't want to commit myself to signing a lease or sharing accommodation because, you know, I didn't know if I still have a job left. So you lost the job? So when when, when I got that bad news, I, I pretty much just fall apart, you know. And um, and the thing was um, I chose to resign because I didn't want to have a record of being sacked. It was like you know, I was in a, like a, um, a nightmare, you know. And then you gave up on life altogether? I did try and take my life um, when I found out I lost my job. I did try and jump in front of a train at Town Hall and um, apparently a female um, grabbed me from the shirt and pulled me back and and, um, and then the King's Cross Police came, took me to St Vincent. I stayed in St Vincent uh, Psychiatric Ward for, uh, for a few days and, and then uh, that's how I um, managed to um, link on to um, like a social worker, psychiatric doctors and things like that, yeah. You have friends? Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah, I have. And it's so true that when you're down and out, um, there's nowhere, there's no one around anymore. I'm, I'm actually uh, debt-free at the moment because what happened was uh, when the um, credit uh, garnishing me my, my bank account, they pretty much waive the outstanding debt. I can think of another group of people who are debt-free. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23 on, it talks about how we all have sinned and fall short of God's standard. But Jesus freed us from the penalty of sin by dying for us. We are made right with God when we believe Jesus sacrificed his life. It's amazing when you really think about it. He paid the debt that we owed. I'm gonna change my way of living And if that ain't enough Then I'll change the way That I strut my stuff Nobody